Welcome to the official broadcast of Life Fellowship Ministries in Kima, Texas. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. Be sure to visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. So we're in the series, God First. And it's a great time to, to begin the series at the beginning of the year. And this series is designed to help us in our relationships with Jesus, help us in that relationship, relationship, but also with others. So I have a question for you. I don't want you to answer out loud, but I want you to think, consider this and ask yourself, how do I spend my time? My question to you is, how do you spend your time? Time is the most precious resource that we have. You can always make more money. You can always buy another car. You can always buy another house. But you can't bring back time. So how are you spending your time? I want to go to Matthew 6.33. I already read it this morning in the, in the scripture reading that we have for the month. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. I mean, that's pretty simple, right? Everything you need, if I just seek him and, and his righteousness or live righteously, he's going to give me everything I need. So here's the key. Seek the kingdom first. Not myself first. Seek the kingdom first. So let me ask you another question. Are you really seeking the kingdom of God first or are you even seeking the kingdom of God? Or is it somewhere down the line? So how do we seek the kingdom first? Here's another key. We need to seek him first. Because he does this transformation in our hearts and lives. And then we have a greater desire to yield to him. So as we seek him and we build this relationship with him, we grow. I want to go to Luke chapter 6. Jesus heals a man in the synagogue on the Sabbath, and the religious leaders are upset. You probably know the story. Jesus didn't meet their agenda. He didn't meet their timeline. And we need to have God's heart, his agenda, his timeline. And the thing that, that is so incredible about this, this story or this event that happens is he heals a man on the Sabbath. And they're upset. Now, if, if they needed to be healed, would they have been as upset? <laughs> okay. So uh, how do we find the agenda and the heart and the purpose of God? Well, let's read the, the very next scripture, okay? After he heals this man's hand and these guys get all upset. In Luke six twelve, one day soon after, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray. And he prayed to God all night. Jesus' relationship with God uh, guided his steps. And so quiet time was incredibly important for Jesus. And we know that he would pull away and go spend time with the Lord. So let me ask you, are you doing that? Or let me just propose that and we'll, we'll just move on. You can think about that. Jesus took time <clears throat> to go, in, uh, go to the synagogue. And uh, we know that Jesus went. On a, he went to church on a regular basis. And so if Jesus went to church on a regular basis, we should be following that model. And because the goal is when we come, we get built up, we get encouraged, we, we come together corporately. Uh, so what, let me ask you, what does your schedule look like? 
Are you spending time in prayer? And I'm not talking about praying five hours a day. I mean, what I do is I just pray throughout the day. It may be little short prayers. But are you spending time in prayer? 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray all the time. Pray without ceasing. Pray without stopping. However you want to, you know, however you want to quote that. So are you praying throughout the day? Do you have a prayer life? Are you meditating on his word? When you read the scripture, is it just reading through it just to get through it because it's a task? Or are you taking time to say, God, what are you saying to me through this word? Because I know that there's something here for me if I will take time to listen and be quiet and hear your voice. So are you taking quiet time to listen? We have 168 hours every week. Okay, say you work 50 hours a week, five or six days a week, whatever that looks like, okay. And then uh, you have, if you sleep eight hours a day, which probably most people don't, that's 56 hours of sleeping. So that leaves you 62 hours a week. 62 hours for cooking, cleaning, uh, eating, cleaning the house, chilling out, fishing, whatever that looks like, right? So what are you doing with your time? What are you doing with those other 62 hours? Are you getting a good return on your investment and in, in, in what you're giving your time to? Let's look, at, uh, let's look at this slide here. The average person spends almost two and a half days on social media. And uh, it was broken down 40 minutes for Facebook, 35 minutes for Snapchat, 25 minutes Instagram, 15 minutes, uh, well, let's see, I got this backwards. YouTube is 40 minutes, I'm sorry. YouTube is 40 minutes, Facebook, 35 minutes, Snapchat, 25 minutes, Instagram, 15 minutes, and Twitter, only one minute. They're just little, they don't get much time. But here's the point. People are spending a lot of time on social media. Some people spend more than eight hours a day on social media. <laughs> um, and, and another statistic I read said that 30% of time online is spent on social media. 30% of time online is spent on social media. So this was interesting. Over a lifetime, social media would take up five, five years and four months of your life. Okay? TV takes up seven years and eight months. Eating only takes up three years, five months. For some of us, it may take up a little more time. Not, not this month while we're fasting, but okay. Grooming, one year, 10 minutes. And I know that's longer for some people. I won't go there. Uh, socializing, one year, three months. Laundry, six months. So let me, let me read you some more stuff here. Five year, in five years and four months, these are some of the things that you could do. You could uh, go to the moon and back 32 times. You could walk the Great Wall of China three and a half times. And the Great Wall of China is, a, is about 4,000 miles. So that would be a total of walking 14,000 miles in five, five years and four months. You could climb Mount Everest 32 times. You could run over 10,000 marathons. For those of you that run marathons and bike and do all that stuff, you could, uh, where's Chantel at? You could walk your dog 93,000 times. <laughs> so how do you spend your time? Walking your dog 93,000 times? That's my first point. My second point is 
How frequently do you attend church? Is that part of what you're giving your time to? Uh, we were at a roundtable discussion at Gateway Church, and uh, one of the, the pastors there was saying, well, the average now is that people come to church twice a month. That's good. And I was thinking, that's not so good. I don't think that's so good. Um, there was a survey done in 2014 in America, and they found that 49% attending church, uh, 49% of people found that church, attending church is somewhat very important. 51% attending church, or 51 uh, say that attending church is not too or very important. So, you know, you have some people that don't put any value in going to church, and then you have some that put value on that. Now, let me talk to you millennials. Uh, they found that 20% believe church is important. So one out of every five believe that church is important. And they found that 35% of the millennials are anti-church. They don't want anything to do with church. Now, I don't know what happened to the other, the other guys. But uh, also they found that overall church attendance is dropping. In 2004, 43% uh, of people went to church. And uh, in 2014, 10 years later, only 36 people attend church. So we're five years down the road, and I don't think it's gotten better. I'm not sure. So this was back in 2014. So regular attendance used to be three or four times a month, and maybe even sometimes during the week. And, uh, and, and the standard kind of for now is, is that some people only attend church every four to six weeks. So um, I believe that there is a direct correlation between uh, attendance in the local church and spiritual growth. Because I know from my life, what I've seen, when I was plugged in, I was growing. When I began to unplug, you know, it just kind of drifted away, not only from the church, but from the Lord as well. And I've, I've not only seen it in my life, but I've seen it in numerous other lives. And there's, I think we would all agree that there's a moral decline in America. People are turning away from God. People are rejecting the things of the Lord. And... Uh, it was discovered that between the Beltway to the beach, from Brazoria County to the Bay, there are 550,000 people that have no church affiliation whatsoever. Half a million people just in that small area. And so we have a great opportunity to reach these people as we go out and live it, as we live this Christian life out. And as we demonstrate to them and as we love on them and share the hope of Christ with them. So I believe that the, the local church is needed for connecting people to God and each other. So it's, it's valuable that we come together and not only uh, spend time with the Lord, but we're building this, these relationships with one another. I look across this room and I see such wonderful relationships that I have with you guys. I love you so much. And it's not just me loving you and you loving me, but, you know, you guys love one another and it's awesome. And that's how church should be. Come on, we should be a family. We should be connected together. We should have authentic relationships with godly relationships with one another where we're encouraging and strengthening one another. We are a family, and uh, we, we need to, to maintain that connection because, listen, I need you and you need me. We need each other. The local church helps us to develop our relationship with the Lord. 
in training and equipping us to become more effective in helping others to find their relationship with Jesus and become committed followers or disciples of Christ themselves. Because I, I can tell you there are a lot of people that, that don't even know where to start. And as we begin to reach into their lives and make ourselves accessible, then you know we can have an impact because we are having an impact one way or another. Yeah. So are we having an impact for the Lord or for something else? So in the season of prayer and fasting that we're doing, and if, if you don't know, we started fasting on January 6th, and we're going to fast for 21 days, those that can, or, you know, you can fast part of that. I'm, I'm not expecting everyone to do a water fast for 21 days, but whatever you can. And the goal is that we spend some time fasting and praying, setting aside time to hear from the Lord and to receive from Him. So the, thing, the other thing I wanted to say is when people drift from church, they naturally drift from the Lord. Again, I've seen that numerous times, and I don't know of one person, I don't know of one person, I, you know, I really can't think of one person that stopped attending the local church and grew spiritually. Now, I can think of a number of people that stopped attending the local church and drifted away from the Lord. But I can't think of one person that was, uh, uh, you know, attending church and drifted. So, Every, let me say this too, every mature believer that I know attends church on a regular basis and they're serving in their local church. One reason that we attend church on Sunday morning is to give part of the first day of the week to the Lord. So we're talking about God first. So what are we giving to God? What are we returning back to Him? And when we set aside time for the Lord, it's part of our giving back to Him. That, that's what we should all be doing. So we serve the Lord by serving his people. And many of you come here and, and you're on different teams and you serve in different areas. And so we're honoring the Lord as we serve other people and, and we're honoring him and we're building these relationships and people will come through these doors that may be broken and hurting and need a hug, need a, a touch from somebody. And so we can do that. We can facilitate that. Um, I think about special ops, the special ops group that meets after we pray on Thursday mornings, and they do little projects around the church, and they clean, and they pray over the sanctuary. And, and you may think, well, well, what is that? Well, I mean, it's preparing the room for us. It's preparing this facility for us. That's, that's an element of serving. And they have this attitude. You've heard of wit right? Whatever it takes, that's their attitude. Whatever it takes, let's get it done. Let's get it cleaned up. Let's get it moved around, whatever. And so serving the Lord in excellence is something that, that we do here at Life Fellowship, not perfect, uh, but in excellence. Because why would we give the Lord anything less? Why would we give the Lord something sloppy and cruddy and say, well, this is for the Lord. Now, if it's for me, you know, this is... So when we come together, we're serving in excellence because we have his heart. God is an excellent God. He makes things excellently. And, and so as we come and give, when we understand all that God has done for us and we begin to be transformed by this relationship, it goes from being a, a, a task that we do to something that we want to do. 
because we want to honor him. We want to give back to him. So my first point was, how do you spend your time? My second point was, how frequently do you attend church? And the third point is, how much time do you spend with the Lord? I mean, this is really the heart of it. Are you getting spiritually fed? Are you taking time throughout the day to spend time with him? Are you having a family prayer time in the morning? Pastor Christine and I pray together every night and every morning. But it should be more than that. It shouldn't just be a quick little prayer. God is great. God is good. And we thank you for this food. Amen. <laughs> I mean, you know, we need to be spending some time with him. So are you having time at night with your family? Are you praying? Are you growing spiritually? Are you, are you coming on Sunday mornings? Are you coming on Wednesday evening from 7 to 8 when we have our encounter for prayer and worship? Because the prayer and worship is, is something that builds us up. It strengthens us for the rest of the week. Yeah, we're praying for some things, but also God is doing something in our hearts. And on Thursday mornings from 9.30 to 10.30, encounter 2, where we're just praying and, and worshiping. And it's a very refreshing, fulfilling time, Wednesday night and Thursday mornings. Are you attending the monthly men and women's group? We had the, the men's group last Thursday, and it was, it was really good. We had a group of men, and, and we just come together, and we fellowship, and we share, and we talk about things. And the women do the same thing, only they have better food than we do normally. <laughs> Not this month. We're fasting, okay, but generally. So... Where are you spending your time? Are you spending time with the Lord? Luke 6, 12. One day soon after, after Jesus healed this man in the synagogue, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray, and he prayed to God all night. We see God move in power. We see Jesus move in power. But he did something to be the vessel that God could pour through. That he, he, let me put it this way. Jesus thought it was important enough to go and spend time with prayer, in prayer. So what are we doing with our time? He prayed all night long. I think that one of the things that we've committed to this year is praying more. So I'm praying more, personally. We're praying more. Uh, we're praying on Wednesday night and Thursday morning, as I've already talked about. But it's not just those times. I want you guys to, to be developing your prayer life because there's something that happens as we continue to pray and ask the Lord to help us. So revival begins with prayer. So again, I'm going to ask you some questions here. What are your priorities? Is it time alone with Jesus? Is it Prayer, taking time to stop in this crazy world we live in and listen? Is it reading the Word? Is it reading some devotionals? The goals here at Life Fellowship for every service is that people get saved, healed, delivered, set free, discipled, trained, and equipped, and released to go make more disciples. Seek the kingdom of God first and live righteously and all these things will be provided everything that we need will be provided he doesn't say everything we want but he says everything that we need will be provided we spend time on things that matter if you if you want to know what's important to you 
just for a week, log down what you do with your 168 hours. Uh, the other thing you can do is, is find out where you're spending your money. But I'll talk about that later. But what's really important to you? You'll find out pretty soon if you do some of those things. What's the most important priorities in our lives? Is it working to make more money? Some people, their God is money. Is it more vacation time? Is it more time with family? What about a closer relationship with Jesus? What about spending more time in prayer where we can develop this intimacy with him? 1 Corinthians 4.20 says, For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It's living by God's power. We can live in this powerful life that Jesus came to give us. It begins with knowing what he wants. Because if we're chasing our own dreams and our own agenda and our own selfish things, we're not going to be following his purpose and plan for our lives. So it begins knowing what he wants. Jesus said this in John 12, 49 and 50. I don't speak on my own authority. The Father who sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. So we need the Holy Spirit to guide us and lead us and give us direction on what to say and how to say it. I'm often reminded that it's not as much what I say, but how I say it. So as we seek the Lord, he will not only tell us what to say, but give us insight and direction on how to say it. I love you. I didn't really feel like it. <laughs> what, and, what we say and how we say it makes a difference. John twelve fifty, And I know his commands lead to eternal life, so I say whatever the Father tells me to say. Spending time with the Lord gives us insight and direction. And so we can, like I read in this devotional this morning, uh, or, or that was yesterday's devotional, right? Uh, we get this map in our mind, and we decide, oh, I'm going to do this and do all this. But when we just yield to him and say, you know what? I don't know what the circumstances are going to hold. Have you ever been in a situation where you're like, okay, yeah, I'm going to deal with this, and I'm going to say this, this, and this, and when they say that, I'm going to say this, this, and this, and then they say that. And then you get there, and it never even happens. And so as we yield our hearts and lives to him and just follow his map because we don't have to map it all out because we don't know everything that's going on anyway and what we need is his insight what we need is his peace what we need is his love what we need is his wisdom what we need is him telling us what to say and how to say it amen. so wait a minute I, that was a big amen over there i don't know about that okay <laughs> So spending time with the Lord gives us direction on what to do also. Let's look at John 5, 19. So Jesus, Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, the Son also does. So... That's, I think that is the key here. We, you know, if we want to walk in the full power of God, I think we need to be saying what Jesus said, and I think we need to be doing what we see the Father doing. But that doesn't happen if we don't have a connection with Him. That doesn't happen if we're not spending time to take time to listen to His voice 
in leading us and guiding us. I want to see everyone living by God's power and doing everything Jesus said that we could do. We're praying for a Jesus revival to take place starting right here that will spread throughout the world. So we're praying that God will break strongholds off of people's lives, off of people's marriages, and that he will be able to accomplish all the things that he wants to accomplish because we can hinder what God wants to do if we say, no, no, you can do this and this, but no, huh? you don't have access to this part of my life, God. Or I'll do this, this, and this, but no, I'm, I'm not going to do that. And until we completely yield our hearts and lives to him, we're never going to walk in the full power that he's given us to walk in and live the, the full life that he's called us to. Jesus said this in John fourteen twelve. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. Amen. That's his word. So are we doing the same things and even greater than what Jesus did? I don't see that a lot. And I want to see, listen, I'm all in this thing. I'm like, you know what, God? This is what your word says. This is what I'm claiming. This is what I'm clinging to. And I will accept nothing less. So what, is it, what do I need to do to see this happen? I need to press into him. I need to get serious about this relationship and quit playing with God. It's going to require something. I, got, I was awake at 4 o'clock this morning. I didn't want to get out of bed. It was nice and warm in there. <laughs> and I tried to stay in bed and pray. And that wasn't working. Because I know what happens. I fall asleep and then wake up three hours later. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I think some of you have experienced that too. All right. Uh, yeah. Jesus said this in 14.12. Let me read it again. I tell you the truth. Jesus is, he says, he is the way, the truth, and the life. He says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. And we know that he told the disciples, I'm leaving, but it's good. I'm not going to leave you stranded, but I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to be here to lead you and guide you into all truth. So when we spend time with him, when we get his heart, when we have his understanding, his purpose, his plan, then we can begin to fulfill the role and the mission and the calling and everything that God has called us to because he's he's given every one of us gifts. And he's given every one of us 62 hours at least to go out and do something with those gifts. So what are we doing? Or The first thing we need to be doing is spending time with him and saying, God, what do you want me to do with these 62 hours? I want to I share something uh, that, that happened uh, a couple of months ago. Actually, it probably began about, about four months ago. And... Uh, <clears throat> I saw on Facebook where a guy that I went to high school with posted something, and he said he had uh, stage four pancreatic cancer, and uh, he he wrote this this thing on this post on 
on Facebook, and he said, listen, I'm not trying to uh, get sympathy or anything like that, but I just don't want to explain this 85 times, <laughs> you know, so I'm putting this out, and, and it was really on my heart to, to pray for this guy, and not only pray for him, but to, to call him, and I, I honestly, I, I wrestled with that for a while, because I hadn't seen this guy since high school, we weren't like good friends or anything, but my heart was burdened for him, and I, and I just kept feeling like the Holy Spirit was saying, you need to call him. So I called him one day, and, and it was awkward. You know, honestly, it was awkward. It was probably awkward for him and, and me. And uh, I said, hey, Gary, you know, this is Mark Johnson. And he's like, hey, Mark, how are you? And I said, man, I, I just I saw what, what's going on in your life, and I just wanted to you know, just pray with you. And so I prayed with him and he said, well, listen, I, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but uh, I need to get off the phone and, and throw up. I'm, I'm really sick. I said, oh yeah, yeah, sure. So I called him back. I think it was either the day before or maybe even on Thanksgiving day. I'm not sure. And I called him and I said, hey, Gary, uh, I just wanted to check on you and see how you're doing. I'll let you know that I'm praying for you and, um, you know, just see if you have family around. He said, yeah, I have some family. And uh, oh, by the way, when I prayed for him the first time, I, I, I told him, I said, Gary, I, I don't know where you are spiritually, but um, I know that Jesus heals because we've seen people in our church get healed. And, uh, you know, I, I can't tell you he's going to heal you, but I can tell you that I'm going to pray for you and I'm going to believe with you because I know he can. And if he does, great. If he doesn't, that that's, I can't, you know, I don't have control over that. Um, so anyway, I called him the second time, and then I think I called him even a third time. And Oh, the second time I asked him, I said, how's your relationship with God? And, and he said, well, I, I think it's okay. And then he had to get off the phone, and, and uh, I, I said, next time I call him, I need to be more specific. And uh, I need to ask him about his relationship with Jesus. And, and I was seeing all these posts online, we're praying for you, you know, we hope you get better, all this different stuff. And, and I texted a, fr- a mutual friend of mine, and I said, hey, uh, do you know if this guy has a relationship with Jesus? Do you have any idea if he's saved or not? And he's like, no, I really don't know. And I'm like, well, maybe somebody should reach out to him. Hello? Somebody that knows him a little better? And, he, and his text back was, I'm sure you'll do the right thing. I'm like, oh, Great. <laughs> So anyway, then it was like on a Thursday, and I was going to call him, and and, uh, uh, and then I didn't call him on Thursday or the weekend. It was Monday, and I was going to call him, and, and time just slipped away from me. And then I got on Facebook like on Tuesday, and he had died. I never got a chance to ask him. And I wonder if all those people on Facebook, I wonder if anybody reached out to him, somebody that was close to him. I don't know. I know that I prayed. I know that I, I uh, asked him how his relationship with God was. And maybe that was a seed that did something. I don't know. But here's my point. Who was going to reach out? <laughs> I text my friend. He's like, well, I'm sure you'll do the right thing. Well, no. Why don't you reach out to him? You know this man. It took time. 
It took a commitment to say, God, you know what? This is uncomfortable for me to call this man that I don't even really know and begin to talk to him. He's apparently on his deathbed. What do I say? Well, you know, I, I don't know what to do in this situation. But there are people all around us that are hurting and in need of Jesus. So what if it makes us uncomfortable? This man's soul, his salvation was more important than my comfort. And if we begin to look at people the way that God sees people, I think we'll respond differently. I think we will be less concerned about what are they going to think and our pride and our selfishness and all these other things and say, wait a minute, this person's salvation is hanging in the balance potentially. And you have prompted me in what to say and how to say it and what to do. Are we willing for the Lord to use us and work through our lives? Are we willing to say, when he says, who will go? Send me, Lord. Oh, no, no, I don't want to go there. I don't want to talk to them. I don't want to do that. Are we making him first in our life? (laughs) Are we giving him something that we can never get back? And that's time. What's our heart? No one can do everything, but everyone, every one of us can do something. So, my three points. How do you spend your time? How frequently do you attend church to get trained and equipped and built up and then take what God has imparted into you And go out and make a difference in your world. How much time do you spend with the Lord? Thank you for tuning into our broadcast. For more information, be sure to find us at our website at www.lifefellowship.me or call us at 832-864-2800. Have a great week and remember to live it. God bless you.